3: Hello and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. We're here after the shambolic 4-0 defeat uh, to Burnley. Joining me today, we've got Luke, Kim and Dan. Um, As I said, we'll be talking about um, the game um, that was played today as well as doing a little bit of a preview against Albion. Um, As we like to do, um, we'll wind it right back to an out for kickoff. Uh, to start with and um, the team lineup i mean, was anyone sort of surprised with the lineup did we think he'd be a bit more adventurous i'll, I'll go to dan first dan what what do you think when the lineup came out
4: no he's got no adventure in him he's just uh i don't even want to flag him off but i'm really struggling to defend him at the moment i'm really struggling I, i'm trying to be positive and, but i was going to say and you' just...
3: you're, you're a Nuno defender
4: yeah, you know. he's. I used to think he was some sort of. If you could look base him on a film, it would be a rom com. At the moment, it's just, it's just, it's just. I've i walked in on my parents having sex, and that was worse today than that. <laughs>
1: have you
4: actually? I have, yeah. <laughs> do you not, do you not. Have you, have you not realised I'm a really.
1: Dark character. <laughs> Is that where it stems from? Yeah, it explains a lot. But <laughs> <laughs> what position was I in then? I don't <laughs>
4: want to get into it, my, <laughs> mom, my my, <laughs> mom, my mate with us anymore.
1: Oh fucking hell, sorry.
4: Oh. We, we've moved on from this. I shouldn't have brought it up, but here we
1: are. <laughs> Fuck <For laughs> sake.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to say dragging it quietly back to uh, <laughs> to to wolves rather than. Dan's parents uh, love lives. Um, I think the most notable one for me was obviously Moutinho was out via injury. Um, But apart from that, it was was just a standard team. And I I don't know what, I was a bit deflated, to be honest, because I was hoping we'd have a little bit about us considering we were playing 17th place Burnley, but didn't really seem to kind of want to do anything other than the the norm, so to speak. Kim, how did you um, sort of see it?
2: think as you all say it was just a bit like the you know usual team no sort of just just do something different like you know I don't think that Morgan Gibbs White or Vitini are are going to pull up any trees but it's beside the point isn't it you know at least try something a bit different and I, I don't think that he would ever have done that and like Dan said I'm obviously Nuno you know, in all the way but from the starting lineups all the way through the game you I'll be honest I was starting to doubt doubt him for the first time thinking you know something got to change at some point um so yeah quite in terms of the lineups I think just just deflating
4: yeah. which like what you said there who have we got available to
1: do anything different? At the moment, personnel-wise? I think, for me, it's not about anybody coming in to strengthen the squad. I think we're just sort of ambling away towards a mediocre season. The season's done. We're not going to get in Europe. We're not going to go down. So, even if... I don't even particularly like Morgan White playing for Wolves because I don't think he's at that level. But why not just give him minutes here, and well, a start? Why not give Fatina a start? why not give you could start herver at um, right center back for example you know if they're not going to get the minutes now then when are they going to get the minutes so i think that's the biggest disappointment for me like i don't think we're 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 asking any of these youngsters to come in and improve the team but it's the season's done it's dead these are literally just pre-season games now um so the, the, this is the ideal time to blood them in and, and give them that experience because you don't want to be doing it if you're chasing six, four, seven, for example, or if you're fighting relegation. That's when you do want your senior players. So it's just disappointing. And we'll see the same lineup against Albion, um, barring obviously maybe one or two injuries or players returning. We'll see the same the week after, the same the week after that. Same the week after that, same old shit. It's the same with the stuff that comes out of his mouth, same shit, different week,
3: yeah, completely. Um, and it, I, I think, it's sort of the same to you. I mean, I, I actually quite like Gibbs White. Um, is he Premier League quality? Probably not. Same with Virginia, he's on loan. Surely, with half some games after the season, have the club made up his mind on him? Because if they liked him, they'd obviously be playing him a lot more. But give him some games. Either you give him games to improve him, great, or you make your decision on him. Same with Gibbs White. If we played him for, you know, what we've got, uh, Burnley, West Brom, then Brighton, free, not easy, because obviously it's shown today, meant not easy, but competitive, more competitive than playing Man nude, let's say. Play Gibbs White. You got Either he, gets, he does well, or you put him in the shop window, and you know it—it's frustrating. But look, in Nuno's said he put out uh, essentially our strongest eleven, and you can't really argue with that. Apart from it being a little bit boring, we can argue with the performance that our strongest eleven put out. Because I—I I wouldn't say quite from the off, but pretty early on there were like massive, massive issues with. Um, that that performance. And I think I, I I wrote in my notes sort of, we played with a back five, but we somehow managed to play with the openness of a back four and that we were getting exposed between the gaps between the defenders, like we had four at the back and we had Cody and Sace playing, you know, in, in two centre-halves. But, you know, we, we'll go sort of goal by goal. Um, but what, what was bolly doing for that first goal, Luke?
1: I don't know. I mean... The you're looking and you can see that he's actually ducked out the way of the header. So the only explanation is has Cody given him a call, but I can't see Cody giving him a shout there. I really can't. So I I can't even explain why he's ducked only, only Willie Bonnie can explain that. And what makes it even worse is that he, he'd made a mistake only about 45, 60 seconds previous to that. So then to do, Another mistake, which is cost, obviously costly. The first mistake was nearly costly enough. Fair enough. He recovered really well. Um, and then, you, you know, it, the balls fell to Chris Wood and he's turned into prime R9. And he's made Connor Cody look like Darren Peacock because he's twisted him up like it's, emb- it's embarrassing. That's an England international getting twisted up like that. And he could he could be leading the leading the bat line for England at the Euros. And he's been twisted up by New Zealand International, Chris Wood. No disrespect to Chris Wood because he's a half decent striker, but come on, he's going to be facing a lot better than that if he's to play at the Euros. And it's not the first time kind of has been twisted up one v one.
4: I've said yeah. this in the pub Mbappe against
1: Cody in the summer. Oh my God. <laughs> Do you know, it's not even worth thinking about that because that that would actually be embarrassing. Yeah, I mean, surely Cody might. Not yeah. Cody might
2: not even make the squad. I mean, he he's really p- deserved to. Does he based on the...
4: theoretically? He shouldn't have made the last two England squads, but he, played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he got he played.
1: I mean, it, feel, it feels
3: like he's he's working really hard to have the summer
1: off. Um, you know at he's- the moment. It's, it's a horrible one with Cody because he's such a likeable guy. Yeah. And he's so nice. And you almost feel guilty for talking bad of him. But at the end of the day, you've got to be honest, haven't you? And his performance today. And I think over the, over the past three or four years, 1v1 defending, I think that's why we play him. And we, we, it's like the security blanket of behind two other defenders. You know, it's to protect Cody's defensive frailties at all cost. That's how it seems to me.
3: Yeah, and I think... You it's t- it's
2: clinging, he's clinging on to his place, so I think, in the Wolves team, based on his leadership qualities, not on his footballing ability. Because the amount of times this season, not just today, he in and out. And I'm like a Cody fan, so I'm not just you know trying to get at him, but he hasn't been good enough. Like, you know, if it was any other player in the team, I think he would have been dropped. But because he's Captain Cody, he's only been hauled off once.
3: Yeah, I think, yeah. like, some of the sort of trademark things he used to do in terms of sort of the long, you know, diagonal passes and the balls over the top, he just doesn't seem to do anymore. And I know we don't have Jotter anymore, but I cannot... And we've got Trey around the other side. It's not like he, he doesn't have pace. It's like that the... the Things that made Cody great in his position, even in the Premier League, and it's been a step up, same as, you know, Neves, for example, he just seems to not do the parts of his game where he's exceptionally strong at. And, you know, Luke, you're completely right in terms of him having that protection either side. And I, I, I made sort of a note. Um, when I was sort of doing this, when I was having a conversation with a friend and it was about Sace playing at the right side of centre-half and I said, it just screams that somehow we've not replaced Ryan Bennett because he gave him, you know, he is the most security blanket person in the world, I think, Ryan Bennett. And for the second goal, sort of, Samedo was tucked far too inside and it just seemed like you just needed a little bit of leadership from somebody like Cody and Sace just to push everyone along. So you had marked up, Everyone knows Burnley play good old fashioned four four two. Let's get the ball out to our wingers as best as we can, and knocking crosses. And yeah, just again, just like really simple defending where we, we just sort of fell apart for me.
1: Going, going back to Cardi with the point that you mentioned then about him playing balls out wide, that was actually like a trait to our style of play when we used to have a style of play eighteen yeah. months ago because we haven't anymore. Um, and it was it was quite an effective tool. And it seemed like he used to do that. Now, I mean, I may be wrong, but like five or six times a game, you'd see Cardi spraying the ball out wide, maybe even more. I can't even think of Cardi doing that five or six times in the last three or four months. No. And, Maidal doesn't make that run. But he, that is, that that still is still very true, That's that a really you've good got, point. You've still got some Maidal and Traore who are going to be out wide in a bit of space, you'd like to imagine. And it's not even the right, you could say, on the left. Because yeah. it's plays it both sides. So for me, that's an instruction from Nuno that we're not to play that way anymore. Can we quickly just jump back to one
4: thing that you just mentioned? And this is why I've been sort of Nuno in for the majority of this season. We've got to a point where Foden have done so many things on the cheap now, we've not replaced Ryan Benny. <laughs> yeah. I'm a wrong. No, Gen- genuinely that's I mean why you cannot... I'm putting the finger at Folks a lot of the time because yeah. they're doing things on the cheap and they haven't revamped our defence, they haven't upgraded our defences, we got promoted. No.
2: I, I would rather have Ryan Bennett and Max Killman in a four right now than the defenders that we have in Sace, Cody and Bolley. Well, maybe not Bolly, just I'm not had an off day, but Sace and Cody, I'd rather just have old fashioned centre back. Who are limited, but at least don't make calamitous mistakes every single week.
1: Well, Burnley play with no answer centre backs, and all right, yeah, them down there, but their defensive record isn't too bad. It's just that they don't score many goals.
4: I
3: was going to say, of all the criticisms you could point towards Burnley over this season, you know, you know, you wouldn't sort of necessarily aim it at their centre halves, and you know, it's something that wasn't really dressed in the summer we got Marcellin, who's apparently made of you know glass but we could see this in January but we've had issues and I we can talk until the cows come home about um him and his injury jot going as well but we' le- we've been linking goals of fun the first half of the season and the fact that we didn't look to bring anyone in at the back is worrying and Do you, remember you
1: know used to say oh. We, if we play, we have to play five at the back to stop leaking goals. Play five at the back today. Conceded four. Played? Did we play five at the back? West Ham away as well when we conceded four. Yeah. Did we yeah. play five at the back? Liverpool away. No, no. We, pla-
3: we played four. That that was something I okay. saw today. Fair but enough. against Burnley, essentially the fourth worst team in the division this mm-hmm. season, we played five at the back both times. Against Liverpool, probably one of the best teams in the league. We went forward, the back, and got pummeled. You know, twice. And you go, where? where where's, where's the logic? And you know, Nuno, Nuno's apparently seen something different than we are. I don't know what. Um, but based on that, I mean, the, the third goal, just a standard corner. I felt it just frustrating because it, you know, it, it's just, it was just not. I wouldn't even necessarily say it was horrendously bad defending. I think William they could have done better, but. You know, you could just see we just didn't have the the heart to, you know, yeah. and I I, and I, I've, I'm almost going to skip over any analysis of it because we're just going well, yeah, it was it was just routine for them. Um The other incident in the first half that I thought we just touched on—should do you think Troye was lucky not to have been sent off? I'll go,
4: yeah.
1: Go on, you pick.
4: Well, the letter of the law, should have went if it, yeah. if it was if that was. um I don't know, Josh had done that, and Nand Troy, I'd be they didn't get sent off in in today's I mean, game. It's soft, but in today's game,
2: it saved it. The fact that he didn't go down,
0: a lot yeah, of players
2: yeah. would have gone down, wouldn't they? Even yeah, though it like, yeah. was just a little shove, I think yeah, I think he is quite lucky in in today's game.
1: It's it's frustrating because it it is soft, but I think Kim's spot on because it because was it Jack Cork because he didn't go down that's probably saved Traore um I think was it Martial and Lamella at the big yeah earlier yeah. on in the season LaMella goes down like a sack of shit gets him sent off but this is it's it's just annoying isn't it because it just winds me up. I don't even know what <laughs> to say it just winds I was me up say, like, sent off. but then at the same time football's that fucks now <laughs> and it's shit. We should. It should have been a penalty anyway because it was a blatant push on Daniel Poldens. Now, in a footballing term, I don't actually believe it's a penalty and I don't want to see those sort of penalties given. But when you see some of the penalties that they've given this season, then yeah, it was a penalty. So why don't we talk about that instant? And then it doesn't even lead to Traore pushing him in the face, does it, if people are doing the fucking jobs correctly? Yeah. Sorry, that's just me ranting about football. I just hate football at the minute. <laughs> it's enough.
4: <laughs> um, I wonder if positive that Adama didn't get sent off because that would have given Nuno and the uh, happy clap as an excuse to pay for over the crack that performance today. Yeah, I mean, like in a way, like...
2: It wasn't even... Like, we can yeah.
4: talk
2: about the formations, though, can't we? till the cows come home. But essentially, it doesn't matter what formation we played. They weren't... They didn't have the heart. They they weren't winning any second balls. Passing, it wasn't just like literally, we couldn't pass from A to B in that first half. Like, all like the front line, Pedence, uh, Willian, and Trioro were absolutely atrocious. So, I think we obviously we know you can see that the defense are awful, but I think it was just the whole, literally, the whole team. They just didn't have the fight, the desire. They're just every, every time there was. A ball that was there to be won, shied out of it, and Burnley were,
3: you know, made Burn Burnley look like freaking Barcelona. I was going to say, Luke, you were saying sort of uh, just before we started recording about that, weren't you? In terms of sort of the amount of distance that Burn, yeah, had. I mean,
1: um, Burnley covered six k more than us in the game today. Now, I, I, I said it on the Insta live, and I might, I might well be wrong, but I'm I'm pretty certain, especially in our first season in the Premier League, we was quite known for our running and our work, right, and our, how much distance we would cover over 90 minutes and to be outrun by 6K, like you, you, you know, you did the maths, it's 600
3: metres yeah, per outfield, per outfield player.
1: player, which is, it's a that's a fair distance, that is. You can't be being beaten by 600 metres man for man in a game of football when you're at home and you're playing four from bottom. It's embarrassing,
3: like that that's what, essentially six lengths of the pitch. So that's three up and downs a pitch in my in my hey. head. And that is, a, that is a lot for other people to cover, especially when, it sounds stupid, they had the ball more. Well, no, it didn't actually. Oh, really? But we should have been chasing their shadows and clearly we weren't even doing that. And, you know, halftime comes along and it's 3-0 and no, no change happens at halftime. I don't know... Honestly, what what change you'd make. Um and you know, it was it was much of a muchness for most of the second half. I mean, I can't remember that many chances we had. And Nevers had a free kick, I think it was in the first half, but Pope
1: was barely tested.
3: Um,
1: when, when you're 3-0 down at home to a team that's full from bottom, um you wanna you wanna see a bit of fight in the second half. You might you're not gonna win the game because we're not good enough to win a game from 3-0 down, we're not even good enough to salvage a draw from 2-0 down at the minute, in my opinion. But you want to see a bit of fight. You want to put them on the back foot. And, you know, you want to leave... Well, you can't even leave the ground and say it normal. But you know what I mean? Final whistle, goes, you're like, you know what? At least in the second half, we had some chances. And on another day, we probably could have had two ourselves. Nick Pope didn't even make a save in the second half. No. And that is inexcusable. And I don't care. You can be Nuno in. You can be the biggest Wolves fan in the world. You cannot look me in the eyes and say, that is acceptable. Because it's not. It's disgusting. And do you know what? The only saving... Up, Covid has saved a lot of these players back in this season. Because imagine the the fury from the fans at the full-time whistle after today.
4: Oh, a thousand percent. Okay. And well, half-time they would have been saving. Yep.
1: Yeah. Totally agree.
4: A lot of that teams, they look like they had flipping long Covid. They meant they run. <laughs> mm. And...
1: But how, how can you be... Like, it It just shows the desire's not there from the team. Can anybody think of a period of play where we strung six, seven or eight passes together? That's so over 90 minutes. You're a Premier League team and you can't have a phase of play where you're stringing seven or eight passes. Even if it's beyond the between the back fucking three but they can't do it was there a period of play where there was um like a sustained period of 10 minutes where we really stuck it on burnley and we was camped in their half no was there a period of play where um you know we had a succession of corners and we was really pulling it on them and nick pope had to make a couple of saves or make some you know claim claim across and then just lie on the floor for for 10 seconds to soak up a bit of pressure no was there a period of play where somebody put in a really hard challenge on a Burnley player to try and g the team up? No, the, the tackles. Then donka that one tackle in the middle that led to Patricia making that really good save low down. Embarrassing.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, we could probably dig out six, seven players. I reckon from that lineup, probably even more. To be honest, I think the only one I was going to sort of really sort of make notice of was Dunk because he the last couple of months especially, just seems to have lost any level of aggression from his game. And today was, I, I can't remember him putting a that poor performance for us. And he is someone who is usually pretty dependable. But today, he just gave nothing in that midfield. And it's so disappointing, um, especially, and it doesn't help, we have no other options because Martino is out injured. So unless Martinho is fit in eight days' time, we know what the centre midfield is going to be.
1: You've had you've had two midfielders who are going to be representing their countries at the European Championships in 48 days' time, give or take a couple of days. Who have just been dominated by Jack Cork and Josh Brownhill. With all due respect, nah, <laughs> nah, I have having that shit.
4: Oh, yeah, so in the England squad, safe gate,
1: Brownhill <laughs> and Cork.
3: As I say, did, I, did anyone come out with a modicum of credit from that game for you, Kim?
2: suppose if I had to pick out one player who did okay, you'd probably say Aitnori. I it. thought he yeah. did all right. But I, I don't think you could say anyone was of a five out of ten. No
3: you know patricio i saw some people sort of calling him out, him out a little bit <laughs> yeah how about you dan i mean uh, again like yeah i, I think oh, to no. be fair between but, us we're, you we're know. probably the most sort of positive people in the podcast usually and I, i'm i'm scratching my head in terms of let's say eight Norris probably the, was our probably our best player and that was from him not or no, he wasn't our best player he just wasn't the worst he was
4: the least worst, in my opinion. Dan, how about you? I just sort of repeat what Kim said. Really, I think Aiden or we did okay, but I wouldn't have given any of them more than a three out of ten. To be honest, I thought they were just bang average. Or I thought they were a disgrace to their profession today. Some of those players. Um, Neves coming back from was he isolating or did he have COVID? I won't say isolating because I mean, just the energy levels in that midfield, just was just not good enough for me absolutely yeah. terrible i'm just I'm not, I'm not happy with the performance but are, are they on the beach do they do they not care i don't know what the what the where we are with that team today whether they are on the beach or whether they've, they've stopped playing for the manager I, I don't know which one it is
3: I was going to say, um, N- Nuno said after a game it wasn't ment- it wasn't a mentality issue. I mean, I don't know what it was if it wasn't a mentality issue because if it's not a mentality issue, then it's a coaching issue, in my opinion. Fair. Uh, so that sort of seems that seems sort of fair enough. I mean, if uh, either Nuno needs to come out and sort of take accountability for that performance in terms of what they've done on the training ground in the last week to get that performance, which actually I'd have a lot of respect for him to say we we our game plan just completely failed there and we will do better next week. I I'd, I'd take that from him. But to say oh uh, well it's not you know it's not it's not a mentality issue. Well, what what was it then?
1: Yeah. I I think personally um sorry to put in there Kim. I, I think the issue we've got is that it's a mixture of multiple things. I think it's tactical and the fact that the players haven't got the heart or they haven't got the desire or the will to want to finish higher up in the league. And I think if, if it was just one of several issues, you can sort of get away with it, can't you? Every now and then or over the course of a season, you might be able to get away with it. But when it's multiple issues, you can't, and then you get found out, and days like today, we got found out. The players don't want to know. I don't think Nuno's tactics are right. I've said it for a long, long time. I've said it after various matches this season. The amount of times I've watched us this season, and after an hour, 70 minutes, you're just looking at the telling and thinking, what's our shape? What's our shape, yeah? Sometimes you're even scratching your head thinking, what formation are we playing? And you can't get away with it at this level.
4: I really don't want to base this podcast with negativity. No. Have the players reached a level of stagnation under Nuno? Where, well, even as even as fans, we're sick of what Nuno comes out with a lot of the time. They have to they have to hear this blog like seven days a week.
3: Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point, which we're going to come and talk about right after the break. Where we're going to talk about uh, Nuno his Bank of Goodwill. And preview the Albion Gate we'll be right back after
1: this Answer me this: how long have you had that mattress? Because it's looking even lumpier than my lockdown love handles. And while those might be more cuddly, a lumpy mattress is doing nothing for your comfort levels or your sleep. So whatever body you're rocking, put it on a nectar mattress. Prices start at just $499, and you get $399 in accessories thrown in. That includes a Nectar mattress, mattress protector, cooling pillows and sheet set, a 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com and get hugged.
3: Hi, Richard here. Before you go back to hearing us dissect the latest Wolves news, some really shoehorn Simpsons references, a bit of 90s film action and of course a bit of wrestling, um, I just want to do a quick shout out for our sponsors, Pixel Yeti Media. Now they've done a fantastic job on the Wolves Fancast website, Wolves.com, please go check it out, but they're not just web designers, they're a creative agency that cover all your design needs from websites, brochures and signage to marketing, logo design and branding there's basically nothing they can't do marketing wise so make sure you check them out at pixelyetimedia.com and i'll let you get back to enjoying the show welcome back um so as we said before the break um look we've got a handful of games left of the season it has been a thoroughly underwhelming uh, campaign so far uh we ran a poll on twitter um as i say earlier this afternoon in terms of not not quite Nuno in nuno out but you know, if we get to the summer, um wh- where are we sort of standing in terms of if we're a Wolves board? I- interesting at the moment is about fifty-one percent sort of stick with Nuno, twenty-seven, uh, sorry, twenty-eight percent out, and twenty percent not sure. So it's a bit of a divided fan base. It feels like at the moment, and I-, I don't think any Wolves fan is underappreciative for the work that Nuno's done for the club. Um Promotion to top seven finishes and a semi-final in the FA Cup but you know how much goodwill has he got left in terms of AV um, from fans and also from the players Um, Um, as as you were noting on because you know there's sort of a fairly kind of big I guess sports psychology side of it in terms of this, this core group of players have had him as their manager for four seasons now and but it seems to not quite be working anymore.
1: I, I think he's in his overdraft now. And um, all, all that he banked and saved over the last three, or four years, I think he's spent it. Um, for me.
4: The terminology that is, Luke. He's, he's <coughs> fully deep in his overdraft. Yeah. And the bank and
1: calling him. <laughs> he's getting red letters and everything. But I think sometimes with managers, you can get to a point where you can overstay your welcome. So I'll reference um, Arsene Wenger at Arsenal. The stuff he'd done for that club, legend. Greatest manager they've they've ever, ever ever had. Will ever have. Yeah, will ever have. But you look at the negativity, that clouds his name because he probably stayed there maybe two or three seasons too long. Um, Then you look at Alex Ferguson, he knew Man United was on the decline, and he got out at the right time. And his name will forever be a positive in the minds of Man United fans. You can name, you can probably name hundreds of managers over the years up and down the country where this applies. Now, my concern is Nuno is going to harvest his welcome because as fantastic as he's been, he's been an absolutely fantastic manager. Nobody can say that he hasn't. But if he carries on in this vein of form, it's going to get to a point where the fans are going to start to dislike him. And when we look back on his legacy, there'll be that cloud of negativity. But if we was to make a decision and get rid of him now, I think it completely eliminates that. And when we look back on Nuno, it's fully positive. All right, there might be one or two negatives, but on the whole, when you look back, it will always be positive memories. And so my concern is that that will get ruined because I think I think it's starting to creep in there, and we, we could end up with Wenger syndrome.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Dan, you, you've been a sort of a big proponent, and to be fair, I, I am to a degree in terms of giving him a this one mass, I guess, chance in the summer transfer window, and it's more or less about him and more about. Bosan and the and the recruitment in the summer. Do you think that's sort of still the case? Or do you think even still even if we get in five or six first team players who are gonna improve that starting lineup, is he gonna be the man to take us forward?
4: I think he's still he's, he's earned the the chance to have an, this actual pre season to actually try and transition to a new way of playing, which last summer he didn't get, remember, yeah, I think we only had like eleven days pre season yeah. with a limited squad because Arthur was at the the Nations League. Um, as Luke said, he's, he's deep into his overdraft. I'll lend him a tenner if he's really struggling. But he's earned the chance. For me, he's got pre season, hopefully, summer of recruitment where and back in. And he needs to do something by sort of September, October. We need to look promising at least. It comes to September, October. Not necessarily points wise. We need to look just a bit more entertaining. I think like we mentioned earlier about stagnation. As players playing in this system, you can buy into the way he sets us up when we were getting these like you know tactical masterclasses against like Man City and we've, we've managed to like, get into Europe. You can buy into it. But when you're still playing this way of football and it's negative and cautious and just always relying on the opposite team just to tire and win it late, even as professional footballers, you don't want to be playing that way. It's frustrating because of how, how successful we've been in such a short space of time. But for me, he needs to do something this preseason, otherwise. But Felson needs to back him. If Felson don't back him in the summer, he needs to walk for me. He needs to walk to have any sort of credibility himself.
1: I was yeah. just about to say, um, and and Dan's nailed it there. It's not just Nuno that we need to question at this moment in time and in the summer. It's Fauson as well. And they've got a lot of questions to answer this this upcoming transfer window.
4: Apparently, Jeff She stormed out at the end of the game, one of the first out of the director's box. It's on him this summer. There's no proof for you've thrown your toys out of the Pram, and for the last like two or three well, five or six transfer windows, you've backed us prophetically in the transfer windows. No, 1,000%. Uh,
3: you won't hear me disagreeing with that. I think the record shows it, to be honest. And for all Nuno says about having a small squad, I think he's bull at this point. And I think it's, it's one of them. Kim, uh, are you sort of in agreement that uh, Nuno's very much deep in his Goodwill overdraft? Um, but is it a student interest-free overdraft? Um, so can he get out of it relatively okay for him? I
2: think it's becoming not interest-free isn't it now it's
3: so he's graduate so he's gone from the undergrad account to the i guess the young savers yeah
2: definitely i think i think
3: very clearly see i've worked in a bank before can't
2: you <laughs> <The> <laughs> Sorry, carry on. I'm, I'm, so- I'm just
3: completely cutting over your point with really bad jokes i'm going to be quiet now
2: i just think we we need to get back to what we're good at and for so long now it's It's like we don't have the players though now to play the way we used to play and get the good results against United City, you know, with Jimenez and Jota on the the break, you know, quick with with speed. It's just, I don't feel like we're ever going to get back to that until we get backed by Fosun. And I think we can talk about Nuno all we like, but... I'd just like to know who's actually making the decisions because last season we spent we wasted so much money on the on players for the future. You know, how much about 40 million of our transfer budget on Fabio Silva? And that's not his fault, but surely, you know, he Nuna has to have some sort of say, but what I don't know is how much of a say he's having. And I think he needs to literally say, these are the players that I want next season. Get those players in. And then if it's still going tits up after 10, 15 games, and I think we really might need to sort of look elsewhere. But then again, is 15 games too long? Because next season, we, we've got to at least be in the top 10, at least. And, and at least start playing some attractive football or entertaining football. Well, even if it is on the counter you can still be entertaining can't you you know but we've, we've just got no style of play and nothing and and i don't see how some people can still you know not criticize the team because i'm seeing that on twitter still i'm still seeing giving you no chance fair enough but there's no sort of criticism at all you know i don't know what land they live in
3: yeah i, find, I, I do find it worrying um the home syndrome, it? Yeah. And it, 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 it's going to be sad in a way because I, I, I'd love him to turn it around. Believe me, I would. But there also has to be some level of realism into where Wolves are as a club, where he is as a manager, where these players are at. And if these players have reached their ceiling under Nuno as a manager, how much, you know, increase we can get into this team. But, you know, that, that's kind of looking, I guess, uh, a couple of months down the line. But in As of time of recording, in eight days' time, we are playing the old enemy. We have got uh, West Brom um, on Bank Holiday Monday. Um, We we won't do sort of a huge deep dive preview on this because we'll have our fantastic FanCast pre-match preview to cover it in bulk. Um, But briefly, um, we're we're just going to sort of do what needs to change. Apart from everything, just pick, I guess, sort of one main thing you'd like to see different in that team on... Uh, on Monday evening. Luke, what 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 would be for one thing you, you'd you change?
1: It's it's gotta be the, the desire and the will to want to win a game because if these turn up on Monday and then Donker's putting in challenges like he was today. half hearted 50-50s against them lot. Nah I still I still haven't forgiven them for the for the game at the Molignew. So if the if the rock up and play like they did today on Monday, the lot of them can go for me. Seriously. Yep.
3: I mean, considering um, as of time of recording, Albion R 2-1 with 89 minutes played and a sort of currently, well, joint on points with Fulham as well. So, I mean, it's looking unlikely that they're going to survive because they're still seven points off with five games to go and a hilariously bad goal difference. But, you know, they've still got things to play for and we've shown today that we don't have anything to play for. These players did not give a flying sugar
4: um, oh Richard, why, come on! I don't know why. I don't know why really? I pulled away from the swear
3: Say I don't what you want to say. I don't know why I pulled away from the swear word, considering how many Luke's thrown out today. <laughs> uh, Dan, how how about you? Uh, one thing would it be a, a either a personnel formation or a, a sort of Luke on a bit more of a um, mentality difference? I,
4: I just don't think we have got the personnel. We ain't. We ain't even got like a stephen until you can just throw in for the game fill him full of, of rick. you know a 12 pack of red bull and let him go we ain't got nothing all like that at the moment i've we um it's, it's on the players now it's really on the players i, I mentioned a few months back uh, we all know as, as good a leader as connor cody is in a dressing room of players of elite level You've know, lots of nevers Matinho, patricio does he have the respect of those players when he's Ging them up as the last voice before they kick off in a game. I, I don't know. It's on the players now. They have to flip and show some bollocks next week. Otherwise, it's going to be in another embarrassing game. And I think I'll, I'll put it there now. If Albion beat us next week, you can bank on that they'll stay up come the end of the season.
3: Oh, you've heard it here first, guys and girls. Kim, how about you? Uh, is it very much again, same as uh, Luke and Dan, in terms of we just need to show...
1: Oh, <gasps> a
3: Hold the front door, guys. We'll go to no, Keenan like, oh, in the second. I'm
1: going to stream
3: here, low Bloody hell. Sorry, mate. Oh. It's a hell that like, you're in for a treat here. Yeah. <laughs> Keenan and Davies as well.
1: I've been killing you. Oh, an Keenan
4: and Kel Davies.
3: <laughs> oh, Keenan. Oh, wonderful. Oh, that, that's made our oh, evenings ever so done. slightly better.
4: Um, we're going to lose to these next week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Have you seen the goal yet, Dan? Yeah, it's happened. Sorry, Rich. <laughs> oh, my God.
4: Brian is
3: saying quickly, Rich,
4: because Lauren and starting in a minute.
3: I was going to say, so, Kim, uh, just to wrap up our Albion chat, what would you like to see change and what do you score predictions?
2: I'm just going to echo what these pair said, really. You just want to see a bit of great determination. And just to show that we're better. we've got a better team than Albion. But at the end of the day, they'll probably just turn up and want it more again. And I'm not going to let that happen because I just feel like right now I don't even want to watch it. I'm going to put about 50 quid on Albion to win just to, yeah, just to trump skew I think. and just. I was going to say,
3: yeah. if you go to the Ball Sports website, I believe you can get them at a relatively good price. But, um, all right, quick score predictions then. Uh, for West Brom. You know what? I'm going to be positive. I'm going to say 1-0 Wolves. Dan, how about you? 4-2 Albion. Oh, Luke? 2-1 Wolves. Yeah. Dan, you can't fucking... Pre-
4: Even if you think they're going to beat us, you can't
1: fucking...
4: Uh, think- uh, okay, nil-nil. I can't predict, predict this to win. I, I can't do it. Because okay. I'll, I'll jinx them. I can't do it to us. I'd rather just say, Albion be going to beat us. And if, you know... It's just one of them. The, 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 the team of ours, wim shit at the moment, just, if, hopefully, no, nah, I can't say. Can't say. <laughs> right, Kim, how about you?
2: Right, as a, if I'm looking at this as a neutral, I'd go 2-0 Albion. <sighs> right now. I just don't see that we're going to score. I can't see where we're
1: going to score. They'll, we don't know how we're going to score. They, they'll, they'll get relegated they'll do the double us, and they'll dine out on it for
2: 10 years, years to
1: come because they'll come back up either which will be even more frustrating then we'll draw them in about four years time in the second round of the Carabao Cup and they'll dump us out on after extra time
4: nice. the first round of the flipping Papa John's we're in both in League One <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right
3: shall we end the show with some light-hearted questions from Twitter Corner Go on, then, yeah, so I was, was going to say it's like you have any choice because I'm going to go through it anyway. Right. So thanks to everyone who sent in your questions. We tried to ask for some little boy name ones because otherwise I think we'll go insane. So uh, first one up um, from Dean Marston, friend of the show. Um, he said, this one's directed to Stu. So we're going to slightly change it. So he said, how many Coronas is too many? That's to Stu. So, Earlier in the week, Stu actually claimed he once had uh, 25 pints in one day. That's about a 17-hour shift um, of of drinking. Quick round the room, what's the most you've ever drinking in one session? Either over a day or however you want to look at it, because I'm going to go for about 10. Um, That's sort of about where I managed to do it at university before being very sick the next day.
4: I'd struggle to quantify it. All I'd say is, if you don't need to have a sit-down shower the next day, you ain't drunk hard enough. Good
3: answer, Dan. I
4: like it a lot.
1: See, I never, I could, I've never quite understood how people can say with confidence how much they've drunk the night before because I think you get to six or seven, then you just forget anyway. Well, would
4: you why? Would you count? I don't know.
2: You bit you bank the next day. It's obvious then, isn't
4: it? Ah. Yeah, but what if you pay uh?
2: cash?
4: What if you paying,
3: paying cash? Well, who does
2: that these days?
3: Mm, true. True. mine's
2: As, probably about 12 to 15 drinks but then i obviously not points obviously like gins cocktails whatever and then be really sick the next day and have bruises down my arm like last week
4: ah
3: do you remember how you got the bruises or is it just one of those where it's like well they've appeared just
2: just falling around in the bathroom when i got back and lying on the bathroom floor
1: I, th- I think the marker is if you're not going on on um the Fancast Instagram Live, pissed out
3: your face. You've not drunk enough. <laughs> I was about to say you follow up to that, but I won't, I won't. Uh, so, um, touching on one from Stu Hall, when you have chicken soup, and I don't know if this can just apply for soup in general, do you dip the bread in uh, like a sauce or do you break it into pieces and put it in the bowl and use your spoon to get it out? You dip? Yeah, I'm a Dipper. Mm.
4: Yeah, dip. Yeah.
3: Dip. We're more dippers in here. Okay. um, Matt Guy asks, seeing as the players uh, were already on the beach today, what's
4: your favourite beach? The beach, boys. Now good vibrations in here at the moment. Benny Dawn
1: Beach. You can't beat it.
3: Um Alex Moore I will ask questions that aren't um, ones with including former fancastians but Alex Moore asks your favourite 90s or noughties boy band
1: NSYNC banger after banger yeah
4: I was edging towards NSYNC but I think I'm gonna go with blue which can you strike
3: I was gonna say take back yeah vape, vape count yeah Go on yeah. then,
4: Rich. Tell us yours.
3: See, I think I've been. I'm in an arm this for the last sort of hour and a half. Um, I've still not come to a conclusion. I'm thinking, Boyzone or Westlife.
1: Oh nah, nah, too soft, too soppy.
3: Soft, eh? Yeah, but you know me, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it not just on brand at this point? Oh, all man. five, all five. Because I saw Abs um, doing a solo tour, and he came to Aberystwyth. That was in 2011.
4: So that. Would- would would busted fall under a North's boy band?
3: Oh, see, yeah, I don't. I think they're more of a yeah.
4: I, I, I fly
2: or busted if if that's the case, but at least they've got instruments. That means
3: they're not a
4: boy band. Yeah, I know. But oh, when what they're sticking with,
1: well, is that a group?
4: Do 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 yeah.
3: do. That's McFly. McFly. That's McFly. Yeah, Again, I don't think you can it. have. If You can't have busted. You can't have McFly. In my opinion, in this, I'm sticking with Blue. I was going to say, who'd you prefer out of McFly and Busted real quick?
2: Busted. McFly.
3: Busted. I think I'd go McFly as well. That that would be a great one. Um, right, let's end the show on that because otherwise we're going to get really uh, we're going to go really off wind but join us next time for the fancast podcast where we will be reviewing all your uh 90s and noughties boy bands um we will be back um actually and properly later in the week to our fancast pre-match um where we'll be covering um the preview against arsenal where dan roman will be bringing you um that show on youtube and also out as a podcast big thanks to our sponsors pixel yeti media for your marketing website needs go check them out at pixelyetimedia.com. keep your eyes out for some big news coming out from the fancast um in the coming days should be um sort of really fun and interesting and mean well quite a lot for us and hopefully we can pass on some of the benefits to you guys over the coming uh weeks and months as well but stay tuned for that um keep up to date with all, all of our socials uh we're now a officially at Fancast on all of our social medias, um, which is lovely, fun and consistent and means I don't have to rattle off three or four different ones. So thanks very much for joining us today. Sorry that it was a bit negative, but that performance was shit. Um, On that lovely note, it's goodbye from Luke.
1: See you later.
3: It's goodbye from Dan. We are getting relegated. It's goodbye from Kim. And it's goodbye from me. See you next time.
4: powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a new season we recommend.
3: I'm Sam Bungie, one of the hosts of West Cork, a story about a community on the far south coast of Ireland that became a kind of paradise for people looking for a fresh start. Nobody knew their
4: past. You could be who you wanted to be rather than who you really were.
3: Then one newcomer was murdered and another was suspected of doing it. I see an... In the market, and really, he's always trying to be normal and trying to get people to like him. But we all know, don't we? Listen to West Cork now on ACAST. ACAST, Acast.
0: Acast. Acast. recommends. recommends.